I grabbed this nasty like tooth hold and put my foot almost above my head and rocked over on it. And I've seen pictures. It looks gross. I want to see <laughs> this. Yeah. I definitely want to see this. Sick nasty. Sick nasty for sure. Oh, you should have called it donkey something sick nasty. Yeah. <laughs> Today, my guests is Cece and Taya. These two ladies are absolute killers. I had the opportunity to meet them about a year ago in Salt Lake while they were competing in the World Cup. I believe that's what it was. I don't remember. I was too busy screaming, go, and just losing my mind. And if you guys have actually never had an opportunity to attend a live World Cup or a high-level event of a climbing event, I highly recommend you guys go. Start at your local climbing gym and go to their comps. Even if you don't want to compete, go to the finals. It's worth seeing the community in its height, in its bloom. It is amazing. These two ladies, really, the conversation for me was pretty amazing because I had the opportunity to talk to them from the perspective of a coach and hear their perspective as seasoned athletes because, honestly, I hope one day that the kids I coach aspire to be like these ladies. I want to climb like these ladies. I mean, they're freaking killers. But it is just so nice to see this. And just being able to ask questions from that perspective and seeing how life goes on for a climber beyond that. Because I didn't grow up as a team kid or anything like that. I mean, I'm a product of the 90s. And that stuff was not as much abundant as it is now. There was not a climbing gym in every major city. So... Without further ado, please enjoy this episode. Please make sure you check us out on our Patreon. You can go to mariostanley.com. All the information is there. It's also in the Instagram, and in my personal Instagram, and in Sends and Suffers Instagram. Tongue-tied there. But check us out. I hope you guys enjoy the show. And as always, like, share, follow, do all those other things. Thank you very much, and keep on listening. Check it out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sins and Suffers podcast. I am your host, Mario Stanley. And today I have two ladies in front of me that I aspire and dream to hope. I hope I can climb like them one day. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I had the privilege of watching them absolutely crush in the World Cup. Um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. But remember, as always, uh, we have a sticker club. And if you guys are listening to this episode for these two ladies, please make sure you join. You can go to sensandsuffers.com, mariestanley.com. It's five bucks. It's like buying me or them a beer. Actually, no, they're 18, so you can't buy them a beer. But Coffee. Coffee. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Both of them. Uh, But. Uh, ladies, who are you, where are you from, and what is your relation to rock climbing? Um, I'm Cece Kopp. Um, I'm from Denver or Golden, Colorado, and I've been climbing for about eight years now, um, mostly just in comps, dabbling in the outdoors, but um, my passion lies on plastic. So, And my name is Taya Wolf. I'm 18 years old and from Ventura, California, and I've been climbing for about nine years at this point. 
Um, I'm mainly a competition climber, but uh, I've also been sort of getting more into the outdoor scene. So she sends hard on rocks. Is what she's trying to say. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, why is that? Why do you? Be, I I find it very odd that most competitive climbers. I feel like most of you guys don't climb outdoors as much when you are like here. 15 minutes from Little Conroy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like you should be like basically, you know, fucking downgrading all these boys problems. (laughs) I think personally, it just comes from like a level of dedication to competition climbing. Like if I'm going to put in the effort to train for an event, like I'm going to do it to my fullest potential, my a hundred percent. And that means being in the gym and training on what I'm going to compete on. Um, and we have competitions year round, let me tell you, like <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Before COVID, we were flying back and forth nearly every weekend for months. Um, and when you're doing that, going outside is pretty difficult. So are there that many USA climbing sanctioned comps? Or are you just doing comps that are hosted around the country? It, it depends. So there are, during the season, there are a lot of USA climbing sanctioned comps. Uh, they're like national cups, which are every couple weekends. Um, but then also there are like money competitions. I don't know what the yeah, cash bots. Term. Yeah. yeah. And so those are always super fun to travel and compete in. Um, and that's where we are a lot of the, a lot oh, of the time. <laughs> and then you add in now we're stepping into the international stage in the world cup circuits. So as soon as that national season closes out, we might be on, or we're hoping that now we're going to step into doing world cups, which happen every few weeks. Yeah, in general, we're just always training for something. And we're also both still in the youth category of climbing somehow. Um, So you add on youth competitions with adult competitions, and then eventually collegiate competitions are also in the picture for Taya. being a lot. The collegiate series got canceled due to COVID, didn't this year? It did. Okay, and then do you age out of youth when you turn 19? Depends. It's based off of birth year, so we're both. On our last year of junior. So we got, yeah, a little bit longer. Our last year is this year. (laughs) Okay, then. That's rad. I didn't, okay, I was always kind of wondering how that actually panned out. And so literally there is not one day that that you can't even squeeze a day in. Like I was about to say, well, maybe you could just like squeeze in some outdoor climbing as part (laughs) of your training. Nah, brah. Yeah, it depends. I mean, you certainly can. It's just like. Depends on where you are in the season and like what your goals are and what comps you're trying to do. If you're psyched on anything outside. Yeah, the passion also like it kind of, for me at least, like I got out to LCC like a couple days in the past month. Mm-hmm. And those are mainly days where like I wasn't super psyched to be in the gym for three to four hours. And I was like, I want to rock climb. I want to go outside. And it's sort of a, a different environment. And I think in a lot of ways it can be a good way to like bring that passion back uh, yeah, for no, climbing. Um, it's just different. It's different. It's good to switch things up sometimes. Fair <laughs> enough. And then what is the current thing that you're working on outdoors? I don't know if I have a specific project right now. <laughs> because enough. she just tries them and then does them. So she doesn't have time to project them. <laughs> no, I need, to, <laughs> I need to try more things. Um, uh, maybe just harder things. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, you could like how many of the things, like how many things, how, I guess the question is, is how much have you walked up and rolled on everything that you wanted to do this season? Apparently CC's going to answer all your questions for you. <laughs> well, the hardest boulder I've tried is... Proudest boulder. Well, 
Well, go proudest, hardest first. Proudest and hardest. Okay. Well, not proudest. No, not Definitely proudest. not proudest. It's not my proudest. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> well, I was psyched on it, but part- mostly because of the grade. Okay. <laughs> to be completely honest. And it was. Um, Euro trash and Little Cottonwood. It's like okay. the stand to... Um, Grand illusion. Right Grand illusion. <laughs> nice. Yeah, everybody is on that thing right now. Yeah. yeah, you got all the international people up there right now. And that um, was your first B twelve, right? My first B twelve. I'm the first like legit B twelve that I've tried. So okay. hopefully we'll have. And she put it down in two days. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> mic drop. That was the sound of the mic dropping. <laughs> um. Okay. So then, what is your proudest one? Ooh, that they... that's a hard question. Yeah, that is a hard question. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> Think about it. Think about okay, it. Okay. 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 So I'm gonna come back. Cece, girl, home girl. Why aren't you pulling on the stone? I do pull on the she stone. She does. She's got some hard just, ones. Just too. not as much. Yeah, not as much recently, for sure. Well, like is there a particular um... particular reason, or is it just you've had to really kind of gear in and focus on your training? Yeah, definitely when, like, I moved out here to Salt Lake, uh, I moved out here for the training center. So being in there and training for the national team trials, qualification for team, and then also the World Cups that we competed in last weekend and the upcoming weekend, that's mm-hmm. been, like, my main focus. Um, but before that, in around August of last year, I was climbing outside and um, during some of, like, the COVID situation. But right. And she sent hard. <laughs> Proud, proudest. Send. Uh, or it's kind hardest. of dumb, I guess. But <laughs> my friend and I established a new line up in an area, kind of an undeveloped area in Colorado, um, and we called the boulder Funky Donkey. That's, um, so a, the name is irrelevant. The climb is what matters. Yeah. Are you psyched on it? I'm very psyched on it. Oh, nice. Um, what do you think it goes as? I think it goes as 12. We kind of came to the consensus on that grade, even though we did completely different betas. Okay. On the boulder, I couldn't span the, not intended beta, but the way my friend Charlie Barron did it. Um, so I grabbed this nasty, like, tooth hold and put my foot almost above my head and rocked over on it. And I've seen pictures. It looks gross. <laughs> I want to see this. Yeah. I definitely want to see this. Sick nasty. Sick nasty, for sure. <laughs> oh, you should have called it donkey something sick nasty. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually named after an ice cream flavor of our like favorite ice cream shop in Golden, Colorado. So. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> Pretty great. Well, that's awesome. How have you, is that something you've always actually wanted to do, like establish stuff? Or is it just kind of like shit that we can do this? Uh, let's just fucking do it. I definitely, I haven't done too much establishing. I mostly just kind of tagged along with my friends that are really into it. But I definitely enjoy like the challenge of, like looking for boulders and like finding bait on something that's never been done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of find that maybe a little bit more motivating than just going and chasing hard boulders that have already been done. Um, but I think there is like a place for both for sure. Fair enough. Do you remember your boulder? The, the one that comes to mind first would be fear of a black hat in red rocks. So good. Just because we had good vibes at the boulders. We had yeah. a good crew and everyone was psyched. Yeah, was... no, I mean, that's perfect. I mean, it does. <laughs> I think the big thing is when people think of the word proud or like, like, especially with the podcast's name, Sends and Suffers, everyone's like, well, the Sen has to be hard. And <laughs> as we talked about earlier, you know, like sometimes the Sen is not. I mean, I've talked to people like the biggest Sen that they've ever had is like 
emotionally just walking up to the boulder, like literally oh. just walking up yeah. to the root. Like I've talked about people that are like, they just take them forever to put their harness on or forever to drop their pad. And they don't have a good day, but they're like, the fact of the matter that I dropped my pad and I just got over myself to put, you know, fingers to rock yeah. means a lot. And that movie is good too. If you've never seen Fear of a Black Hat. I don't think I have. It's maybe a, maybe yeah, maybe it's we definitely have a, a, new, movie. a new house movie to watch. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's a little weird. So brace yourself, but it's it's a good <laughs> movie. Right. It's definitely a good movie. Uh, well, hell yeah. So now that the so what what is next for you girls in the competitive circuit based Ooh. on everything that just happened? <laughs> That's a long list. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, a lot. <laughs> no, it is a lot. Um, I guess. I guess I'll just give you the rundown if you want it. Yeah, yeah. Because I want people. I want you know. Uh, the, selfishly, I want people to listen to this podcast. Selfishly, I want the girls that I coach and other people to listen to this podcast, and I want them to follow you. I want them to see what your girls are doing, <laughs> and dudes too. But don't be creepers. Um, <laughs> yeah, but thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, we're throwing out. If you're a creeper, you can unsubscribe, unfollow, and I will refund you all of your sticker money. Actually, not. You're a creeper. I'm keeping it. Anyways, but uh, but yeah, no, like, just give me the rundown. What's coming up? Well, next weekend, we have the second Salt Lake City World Cup, so we're both competing in the Boulder discipline of that. Um, then we've got the North American Cup that's hosted here in Salt Lake City at the Training Center. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a combination between the U.S. and hopefully some Canadian athletes to compete for some money. Um, and then we've got youth regionals here in Salt Lake City following, uh, I think, youth nationals is a month later. We might do a Na North American Cup <laughs> on the same weekend. Not really sure yet. Um, then there's youth worlds in Russia. That would be a big goal for us to qualify for that. Mm -hmm. Followed by some more national cups. And then I think nationals is the big event. So mm -hmm. that's the first of two qualifying events for the 2022 U.S. team. Um, okay, that makes so sense. So we'll do probably both doing the Boulder and lead disciplines at mm -hmm. that nationals um, to try and qualify for team in 2022. And that would be traveling World Cup team. So. Yeah. So do you even see your families at all? <laughs> <laughs> They're actually out yeah, here for... in town for the next two weekends. Yeah. Okay, okay. I was just making sure because I know my mother would be like, you get your ass at this house at least one day. <laughs> Fair enough. We just yeah. make them come to all our climbing comps. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like a dual action. You know, it's like okay. time yeah. to see the family and time to like compete. Yeah, yeah, you know? well, I guess it's, just, it's a proud moment for parents. Yeah, too, definitely. So, yeah. And okay. I've got three siblings, so my mom was happy to... Get Are rid you, of get rid of one of them. Fair enough. Are you the middle, the baby, or the oldest? Second oldest. Oh. Yes. Okay. So oh, two, so there's four of you total. There's four of us total. I'm a middle child, so yeah. I, I feel you a little bit. <laughs> and you? Are you the only or No, I've got an older sister who's also out here this weekend to watch. So. Okay, great. Well, I hope you guys have a wonderful time with your families. <laughs> All right. So now that we've talked about rock climbing, what do you girls like to do outside of rock climbing? Do you guys have any hobbies, anything else? I know this is like a super loaded question or it's, or it's like you're looking at me like both you two are looking at each other like, is this guy for real? Well, the first thing that comes to mind that we've been doing a lot of lately is swimming in very cold water. Yeah, that's my favorite thing to do. Um, so we've been driving out, out of Salt Lake City um, to like different reservoirs or lakes or rivers that you can swim in um, and just hopping in we call it recovery yeah. it's like cheap cryotherapy yeah. i guess yeah yeah i was about to say hazel finley i was talking to her a while back and she started doing yeah. 
quite a bit of that mm-hmm. in. Um, she had actually a podcast. I can't remember what the name of the woman was, but she was world-renowned trad climber. Like, I think, yeah. Do you know who I'm talking about? Hazel? Yeah. No, no, no. This other woman oh, okay. was also Hazel's world-renowned, but other woman, I uh, can't remember her name on there, but like this lady, I think she's like put down like 13C trad. She's like real boss. Um, hmm. But she, I think, is the one who introduced Hazel to the concept. It's Wait. on one of her, on the Curious Climber podcast. Okay. So it's on hers. I'll share it with the girls. Yeah, after. yeah. So, like, what made you start doing this wackadoodle thing? <laughs> um, I don't know. I've done it for a long time. I really just like getting outside, and I really like swimming. So it just kind of made sense. And coming from Colorado, you can't find very warm water that's outside. So um, cold water is your only option, yeah. I guess. I think for me, it came from missing the ocean. I had to find a, an alternative body of water. So <laughs> we've Fair been finding enough. some lakes. Yeah. I would have never in the world thought of like going swimming in a freezing lake. <laughs> Basically, we just like to use our like rest days or our time off from training to get outside and to do something fun. Um, is, is it therapeutic in any other way? For sure. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. just we spend so much time in the climbing gym and inside in the training center and stuff. It's like sometimes, like Taya said, we go outside to Boulder or just outside in general to kind of get that reset. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we can get psyched to get back in the gym the next day for another six hours. So Fair enough. Yeah. that makes yeah. a lot of sense. So I mean, both of you girls are in school. No, no? both graduated done. I'm graduating wow. high school. And right, well. she is here. Well, what do you plan on? Uh, do you know what you want to plan on doing later? I have no idea. I'm, Just... I'm going to the university of Utah. So I'm in Salt Lake for the next four years or officially. more, but I have no idea what I'm majoring in. So Hopefully we'll figure that out at some point. Fair enough. Is there anything, <laughs> is there anything in, like, I don't know, does it just excites you? I don't know. It's hard for me because I kind of want to follow, like, the sports path, like some sort of, like, kinesiology or, like, sports mm-hmm. psych or, like, sports nutrition just because I find it to be super interesting. But also I'm not sure if I want to, like, pursue a full future career path in that. No, it's a big commitment. I mean, it's like. <laughs> I mean, you're already in this world, and then it just becomes yeah, your everything. Exactly. So, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, I am out of high school, so I graduated last May, I guess. Mm-hmm. Wait, was that last May? Crazy. Um, <laughs> I graduated high school, but before I graduated, I enrolled in a, like, a software boot camp. Um, so that's like a seven-month-long intensive program to learn software development. Um, and I wrapped that up in November of 2020 and got a job in software development. So I work part-time right now um, for a company that does scheduling for healthcare providers. And that helps me pay for everything that allows me to be out here in Salt Lake. So That's bitching. I, yeah. was, I was about to say, that's, that's about to, so was that during quarantine? It was, yeah. yeah. I'll brag about Cece a little bit. While we were living with her, she was just like, she was in her software program and just nonstop, like, We'd come, we'd go to the gym, we'd come home, and she was just on our computer typing away for, like, the four hours where we were all, like, conked out taking a nap in between sessions. And then she'd just get up, and she'd go right back to the gym, and then we'd get back, we'd eat dinner, and she'd just be on our computer typing away again. It was insane. Like, it wasn't just, it was, it was very impressive. Intensive, maybe, is the word. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it worked well for me, though. I definitely, like, I don't know if I could have committed to a four-year program um like a undergraduate degree just because of like my goals in climbing and like my financial situation and everything Mm -hmm. like I was I 
knew this was something that I wanted to pursue at like a professional level, and I wasn't sure how to do that. So when I got the opportunity to pursue this career in software development that was going to allow me to do that alongside my training, I was like, this is it. And I'm going to commit 100% to this. And like, even during the program, I kind of talked about it, like as a way of funding like my Olympic dream and like my climbing dreams. And that was kind of just talk during the program, but it's definitely become a reality. Um, Once I finished up and got a job and and paying for my rent and my food and you know it's just like <laughs> how's that feeling it, it's good yeah. I mean it, it's allowed me to grow a lot as a person and it's um yeah once, and I'm just really thankful that like I can do it alongside my training in such mm-hmm. an effective way once you start writing checks for shit the shit that you really need yeah. all of a sudden money has a whole another whole value different meaning, yeah. you know it's funny i uh, a lot of people took the chance to reinvent themselves during quarantine and i yes. was wondering if a lot of athletes had the opportunity to be able to do that and i think that's something that it's funny to me because i talked to a lot of climbers and i'm very surprised unless you have of you girls caliber of work of meaning olympic training climbing but climbers in general, I was very surprised that a lot of people never really took the opportunity to do it. Because if you think about it as climbers, we have the tool set to do that. I mean, it's all projecting. Right. It really is. It's just like, yeah. like literally when you were describing it, I was like, oh, she was just projecting software development. <laughs> yeah, of course. It was, yeah. yeah, it was. I think, not that we reinvented ourselves, but definitely having the opportunity to actually have less comps during COVID, I think was like a blessing in disguise. Um, we all moved out here because of that situation. And we ended up as roommates because of that situation. And we trained our asses off for <laughs> months. And that has like absolutely changed the course of all of our yeah. climbing careers. Um, and I yeah, think like we made the most of that opportunity and we jumped on those opportunities to come out here and like, chase those dreams yeah i think each of us individually like looking back on a year ago from today like completely different people or like new perspectives on competing and life i don't know i think it was a great experience just to move out here with three other girls who were psyched on climbing and to um, sort of get to live and just train with them what's (laughs) the difference between taya then and taya now biggest one or simplest one I think I've started climbing a lot more for me than for anyone else, which is like, sounds kind of dumb, but like, no. before, like <laughs> yeah, I was performing like for my coaches or like, because I felt like I needed to prove something um, to other people or like make it worth all the time and money my parents put into like traveling and paying for competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's like, I'm putting in the work and I know that I'm putting in that work. Um, and I'm going to see some sort of output or result um, from everything I'm putting into it. Um, and it feels really good just to know that, like, I'm doing all of it for, for me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's my biggest thing. Like, I don't know. I've <laughs> talked about this quite a bit, but I, I think it's rad. Like, when you climb for yourself, I think that's, like, the biggest thing I would pass on to younger climbers is, like, find love in the sport for yourself. and like climb for yourself and compete for yourself and project outside for yourself and just do it for you because yeah. that's going to be the most like rewarding. Yeah. 
Amen. And I think it's so rad that Taya's done that to be honest. I, think yeah, I know you are beaming. I it's just makes like, me so happy. Yeah, I'm like, I'm I feel like I'm getting a tan over here. <laughs> I feel like I watch so many youth competitors and you can just tell when people aren't climbing for themselves, especially yeah. in comps. Um it's just like there's just a different attitude to mm-hmm. it, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be really draining. And like I can see those changes in Taya and in all of our roommates and everybody here, and it's just like Oh, it's so motivating. It's amazing. Yeah. Thanks, Cece. Yeah, you were psyched. You were, all, all, just, you were, I hope you're like a born coach, by the way. <laughs> like, like, the fact of the matter, like my friends always, when I'm going on a climbing trip, my friends like, it. it's weird that you get so excited watching me climb or playing. He's like, you like lose your mind. Oh. And it's like, like, or the kids see me and I'm like, I like, my father growing up was, and I have told this story a billion times, but my dad is that guy who would be like, I'll never forget, I was playing football, I caught, I jumped, I was like, oh, there's the ball, I jumped up, caught an interception, and I was just looking at it in middle school, I was like, caught this thing, what am I supposed to do with, it? my dad's like, rah, I'm like, oh yeah, and I ran the wrong way at first, and then I turned around, uh, and I got clobbered, my dad's like kicking trash cans, screaming and yelling, throwing stuff in yeah. the air. And I get back after the end of the game. I'm like, hey, dad, how'd I do? And he's like, you did great. Let's go get ice cream. You want some cake? I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, and the thing that is, you know, and me now as a coach, I realize I have like real bad stage dad syndrome. Like to the point where like I have to like hide behind a barrier. Certain kids, like certain kids when I'm just like, like it makes them motivated. Like one of my kids, we call her Anchilada. Every one of the kids I coach have a nickname, so we call her Anchilada. Okay. Uh, she's a spicy Anchilada. Then we have Sriracha. Like, there's a whole Mexican menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but um, Anchilada always tells me, she's like, when you just lose it, and I see you in the background, she's like, it gets me amped. And yeah. I'm like, ready oh, to go. Hell yeah. But then some of the other kids, like, I have to hide. Yeah. Because, like, when I just, like, sitting there, and I'm just like, oh, my soul. Like, I want it so bad that at a point where I have to walk around with a chalk bag. But the fact of the matter that, like, you are losing it just oh. as much hearing her say that in this room right now. Like, you're a born coach. I'm yeah. just saying this right now. Like, it's everything to me. I'm definitely that way. And, like, yeah. the girls that surround me and the people that surround me here in Salt Lake are, like, giving me that energy back. Like, during the World Cup, I was up there yeah. on the stage and I could hear them screaming for me and that just gave me like so much energy and like turning around at the finish and seeing all of my friends and my roommates and everybody like jumping up off the ground. That is like that feeling inside. Yeah. I was just going to say that feeling you're describing, like that's what makes climbing so special. Yeah. And like living in Salt Lake, like everyone is just like supporting each other. Same energy. All the girls, like just the most empowering group of, Females. Females I've ever been around. Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. Like, which I think that's one of the <laughs> biggest changes if we're talking about reinventing yourself during COVID. All of us in the places we came from, I think, climbed predominantly with men. Yeah. Just because of the level we were at and who's in the gym nowadays. Um, so moving out here to Salt Lake and climbing with Kyra Condi and Olympian, Brooke Rabbitude, Nat- Natalia, mm-hmm. like the whole crew in the training center of strong females is just out of this world out of this it's world. crazy it's amazing. unfathomable <laughs> that, and that's something like we couldn't find you can't find that anywhere else this is that's anywhere beautiful else. if yeah. someone's listening to this you need to make a documentary of this before i do <laughs> or just fund me to make this anyway uh that 
wow. I mean, I kind of just like lost what I want to thought because I was like in my own coaching moment, I was like feeding off of your energy. And then this like was going in there like, you know, like Popstein Collider or whatever that thing is. But um, so, you know, it's funny. It makes me think about this too, because like once you start climbing for yourself, I tell this to the older kids. I'm like, no one gives a shit about your rock climbing. Like no one does. Don't get me wrong. We all care more about your rock climbing. But at the end of the day, once you walk off the stage, the only thing people were thinking about is eating an enchilada or getting a beer. <laughs> and I don't want to belittle all the hard work you do, but I, but I think it's very important for, especially aspiring athletes, to understand that like you have to do this for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if you're doing it for your coach, if you're doing it for the crowd, if you're doing it for all those things, the moment those people, the moment you walk off stage, they necessarily haven't forgotten you but they're looking at the next athlete. And so like it's the cycle has moved on. And I think now that you are climbing for yourself, it's so beautiful. And I think you both, you two probably already know the sensation, but like when you send a route outdoors and you don't have all those people, but you maybe have like one or two people and even indoors, whatever, but Mm -hmm. you finally send something you've been working on. Like I've broken in tears before because I'm just like, special moment oh my god it's so relieving <laughs> it's inside, yeah. You know? yeah you're just like i mean like you might as well like you're like vomiting emotions yeah. <laughs> and i think it's very important for people to understand like you can't get to that place unless you are doing it for yourself and i think i'm very excited and i'm i hope everyone listening to this realizes like if you can't do that on stage, then it's going to be very hard to do that for yourself when you yeah. go anywhere else because you're always going to assume someone's watching you Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say it is really special when both come together in some sort of scenario, like oh, yeah. when you have the crowd and you like, I don't know, it happened yeah. to me this weekend in the qualifiers, like I sent this boulder and it was super hard for me and like it made me feel those like feelings of so- inside of like being so proud of my climbing, like in like that euphoria, moment, in a sense, like and then <laughs> having like the crowd behind you too and all of that energy, it's just yeah. like. It's overwhelming, honestly. Yeah. And I feel like that's a big part of competitions for us is like climbing for ourselves and training and climbing for ourselves in competition, but also like having that validation. Like, yeah. Like yeah. Not needing it, but like that's one of the, I guess, big perks of competition climbing is that you just feel all of this emotion that like has sort of built you up in all replicate. of your weeks and weeks of training that just like is released in like that comp moment where you're like, I don't know. Everything's just like flowing. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Flow state, maybe. Flow I don't state. even know. Yeah, yeah you can call it whatever it's you want. It's a good book if you've ever but. read Flow. But. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, now I want to rock climb. <laughs> yeah, now I'm psyched. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the gym. It's supposed to be a rest day, but. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. I was not expecting to be this amped. Like, <laughs> I know, I'm so psyched like, right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, the energy <laughs> level is so high. <laughs> Oh man, you grew up like I normally don't lose my train of thought this much, but like <laughs> I keep on thinking about boulders or I'm thinking I'm thinking about climbing. Okay, okay. Back to back to podcast host, not rock climber here. Um, so you know, well, I kinda I guess I already kinda asked this because I guess, you know, you you're really not thinking about like what you're gonna do after all of this is I mean, this I mean, this is all gonna come to an end. Will it? I don't know. I mean, I mean, yes. The competition scene, sure. The competition scene will eventually come It'll, to an end. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes. I'm sure one of you two will be like Sean McCall, still competing, 
long into that. <laughs> I don't know. He just, might be broken by then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, the man's a beast. But um, at some point in time, I guess, do you girls want to, do you know what you want to do after this? Or do you want to just ditch it and just go climb, yeah. hang out, live the world, tra- sorry, travel the world, do whatever? I don't know. Are those I mean, thoughts not even in your mind yet? You're I just guess, like saving them for later. I've thought about it vaguely. Like I, I know that I want to like go to school and I want to have a job or at least an education so that I can have op- opportunities when my climbing is no longer my, my main priority because mm-hmm. at some point um, it will taper, I'm sure. Um, not necessarily my passion for it, but my ability to compete at a high level. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, you, you, I, you know, I, the one thing I've noticed with younger athletes coming out comparison to older athletes is the level of training and the level of sophistication and rehab and different things that you guys have nowadays is far different than what we had. And I think you can still compete at a much older age. Mm-hmm. I think the yeah. arena is what changes. And if you that choose to let it change, you yeah. know, you can still stay in the competitive plastic arena. You can move in the outdoor arena or wherever you want. Um, but I don't think, you know, and I, and I'm, I'm a firm, I'm standing very firm in what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. don't, I don't look at it as your abilities will taper. I think it's just like your desires in life, you know? And I guess yeah. that's really all I want to know is like, yeah. I guess, is, is that even on your radar or not at all? To be Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I feel like we're so in it now that it's just like, it's our we're everything it for out. sure. You're just swimming in the Kool-Aid. Yeah. I will say personally, I think like what I've done with software development so far and like what I'm doing now as my job is interesting to me and it's like mentally challenging for me, but I guess in the future I would want to make like, what would you call it? Uh, ideating like more of a priority, like even ideating for the climbing community through different like code products, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah, uh, I think there's like a lot of opportunity to like give back in a way to the climbing community um, through different applications and stuff like that. So I feel like I could see myself merging my two passions for climbing and coding and seeing where that takes me. Um, but I also I'm not sure I ever want to work more than a 40 hour week. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, don't do it if you don't have to. Exactly. Don't do it. Yeah. No, I was just finished uh, talking to Boone, uh, Boone Speed mm-hmm. from uh, Grasshopper. And we just finished having an hour, 90 minute long conversation. And one of the big things that we both unifiably agreed on that, like, there is enough success within the growth of this climbing industry for everyone. Like, if you want to be, if you want to be a creator and create a thing, a market or whatever, there's more than enough room and there's more than enough success to go around in the climbing industry and in all honesty in the world. Um, But I think the real the, the big thing is is like as you're doing this now you're just starting to put in your hours you know and he was like you know once you you know the mythical 100 hours or 10,000 hours or whatever it is and you start to understand the beast that is the climbing industry as a whole um it's different and I think you have an opportunity to change it in ways that we really never would have because of the advancement of technology and most importantly just being in the competitive circuit, which, mm-hmm. you know, when he was coming up was not that big of a thing. And then since I was coming up has grown into this 900 pound gorilla <laughs> that is, you know, which is the driving force of the industry. Like, right. I don't care what anybody says, you know, 
putting up root silence is not you know adam andre doing silence is not the driving force of the industry you yeah. guys are like unequivocally like you are the driving force of the in, in industry people look up to you and you kind of like lead the community in a lot of ways because the, the community is the bread and butter or like i will say this the community is the car or but you two are definitely in the cockpit <laughs> just like <laughs> leading it yeah definitely oh so, yeah i think i think those opportunities probably won't become known until like we followed this through and like yeah. see what happens because it is changing so fast yeah, and like yeah. we're climbing in the olympics in 2021 like that's going to be a big shift and like the explosion of recreational gym climbing comp climbing after that is going to mm-hmm. be uh, enormous oh. so it's oh, like it's where is that going to take us and like i don't know i think we're just committed to like pursuing whatever comes with yeah our 100 percent yeah so um, I would like to ask a question, and you kind of touched on this earlier, but for, you know, young ladies and young athletes, but <laughs> most likely young ladies, but young athletes in general, in general, like kind of aspiring to kind of be on the, tra- the trajectory that you two are, what is some advice or words of wisdoms or like don't do's, which I think. A lot of people always say, you know, you really need to be this. You really need to be this. I find a lot of times, like, people, like, you know, don't, like, don't be an asshole. Like, very simple thing. <laughs> it is a very you simple know? thing. But, and an important But one. a lot of people are. <laughs> There's quite a few of them. And so, like, is there any kind of, like, I guess, words of wisdom, thoughts, anything that you would say? And, and remember, it, you're, it's not perfect here. It's nothing is. Like, I don't know. I look at it as rock climbing. Like, the hole doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be good enough. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind for me is like making comparisons between yourself and other athletes, like, or just the people around you, I guess, in general, like whether it be like physically or mentally or like in any sort of way, um, just because growing up in the climate community, it was something that I always felt like I was competing with, um, sort of other people in the gym or, um, I was comparing myself to them in some way. And that comes into sort of the idea of climbing for yourself again, I guess. Um, But just like really being confident and trusting in your own abilities and who you are uh, and what you're doing um, rather than focusing on those things around you that could interfere with that. What I was going to say is good, like being kind to yourself. Like growing up as a young lady is like hard as shit. So, uh, I mean, like going through puberty and like, yeah having those like one. i'm gonna say it like during your menstrual cycle like we deal with it now it's like mood swings and yeah energy levels and all of that stuff it's like yeah if you don't feel like going to the gym take the day off you know it's yeah. like it's great to be living with three other girls in our case because it it helped us understand like at least like yeah the, the whole menstrual cycle thing like w- dealing with that alone is just not fun. oh it's real or like and it's just like <laughs> it's hard i feel like in like a male central environment mm-hmm. to always have to like explain that like why are you crying at the gym today well you know it's just like, <laughs> like I can't i'm just it. emotional I'm like <laughs> what am i supposed to be doing like this is just how it is you yeah. know and like i feel like that's been something that's i don't know it's made me feel a lot better about it being here in salt lake yeah. because we all have those days and we're all like supporting each other through that so if you can like find those environments and find those people that like kind of understand that and I think it comes to like not even related to being a girl but just like listening to your body and like yeah knowing when to push hard and like 
when to stop, I guess. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of us and a lot of young people are like really committed and they'll do mm-hmm. whatever it takes um, to reach their goals. And I like really admire that. And like that's something that I see myself and I see in Taya. And it's like, but we also need to know when our body needs yeah. a break. I think and that's super hard. Yeah. As a sort of disclaimer, like here we are talking about our six hour training days, five days a week. But there are pretty frequently days where one of us is like, you know what? We're taking a nap. Like we're not going to the gym right now. Like we can't do it. No. Yeah. Um, and that's something that like, if your body's telling you that like, it really just can't do that. It can't do anymore. Like listening to that and being okay with not getting that last session of the weekend or like and not beating yourself up about it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like that's something it's that's like, really important. Yeah. Back to climbing for yourself. Yeah. Honestly, it's like, <laughs> You're climbing for yourself and like in order to do that effectively, you need to listen to your body. Yeah. And like, I think that's, and that's something you learn. Like it's harder when you're, I don't know, when I was 13, I didn't know how to listen to my body as well as I do now. And it's something that I guess you learn as you grow up and it's something that has its ups and downs, but, um, you often have to learn for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to make gonna... the mistake to, to understand. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Um, just working towards that, I think is super important. I cannot agree with you utterly more. And from a male perspective, you still have to listen to your body as you get older. It Absolutely. Just, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, universal. It, yeah. It, you know, at first, it just starts doing weird. It just starts doing weird shit the older you get. Exactly. <laughs> I think a big part that people don't talk about in climbing, competitive climbing, is like staying injury free or like even mm-hmm. like major injury free. Uh, I mean, we all deal with like little tweaks here and there. Yeah, Climbing's yeah. like a hard sport. But like how body. would you do that? I mean, I I, th- I guess to me that seems like a no-brainer. No-brainer to avoid major injuries? Yeah. I think I think it's overlooked a lot. I don't know. Especially like overuse injuries. I don't know if you're talking like it's hard to avoid like if you're heel hooking and your hamstring pops like it is what it is, I or guess. Or like you roll your ankle <laughs> on the pad and you spring it. Yeah. Everybody does that. That's but like Different. overuse injuries, I think are more common than people give them credit for, I guess. Uh, I don't know. So are you saying like people should be aware of these? Like I, so I guess for overuse injuries, when you girls foresee them coming, do you step back, start maybe doing some form of like rehab and kind of like really yeah. thing? Or so, does it just like hit the brakes all together, <laughs> give it a break and then kind of. It's something that. I've been, I don't know, I don't know, I've been talking with Zach to Christina, he's our, he's the team PT, um, but I think it's important to start doing those rehab things, like, sort of preemptively, kind of, because Absolutely preemptively. I have, like, I don't know, from personal experience, I have, like, really bad, like, trigger points in my elbows and, like, elbow tendonitis, um, and I'm pretty bad about doing my, <laughs> my rehab exercises, typically, um, and yeah. often, like, I don't do them until, like, it already hurts. And then at that point, I should be resting. The prehab isn't going to do much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At that point, it's too late. Um, so just like making sure that you're counteracting like muscle groups. Um, and I think there's a decent amount of research about it there's online. A lot. Like there's a lot can, out there. You can definitely Google it. Um, but yeah, even if you're not feeling injured, like still yeah. thinking about that. That's definitely something I'm really like glad I did a few years back. Um, I would boil it down to like stabilizer and antagonistic yeah. exercises. Um, climbing is super hard on your joints. Think shoulders, knees, wrists, elbows, mm-hmm. the whole shebang. Um, so kind of going in the gym and maybe not lifting the heaviest weights or doing anything, but doing those flies and your scapular pull-ups and your scapular push-ups and your 
this rotator cuff yeah everything like doing those exercises that you're not going to see benefit from necessarily mm -hmm. but um will hopefully like prevent you from seeing those bigger injuries down the line like labrum tears yeah. rotator cuff strains like overall putting in Public little injuries. amounts of work <laughs> yeah throughout a long period of time rather than being unable to climb for a month or longer yeah that's what I mean. One, yeah, one hour a day. One hour a day for seven, six days a week is far better than six hours and three days. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope there's research out there on antagonistic and stabilizer exercises, and like there is. There is. There's quite okay, a bit. Great. There's I mean, quite a bit. Yeah. So, if you're young, if yeah. you're not young, everybody, look it up. Start doing that. Yeah. I mean, that's my. It's opinion, important. I think it's, it's important great. for sure. And then I think another thing is at least personally, um, that's helped me ramp up my training in a way that has allowed me to avoid injury. So kind of even before moving out here to Salt Lake, but especially when we moved out here to Salt Lake, like our training ramped up a lot just because of the environment mm -hmm. and just because of like where we saw our goals and what steps we saw to like take us there. Um, and like having that solid background of like stability and everything and those joints and stuff i feel like it's easier to ramp up training yeah in terms of like a strength and power perspective without facing like these injuries yeah it definitely allows you to train more and to get more out of the time that you're yeah. putting in so i think overall <laughs> super important <laughs> that was maybe a little all over a the little place bit of a tangent but... no 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 i think you you gave a lot of people uh, aspiring athletes a lot of information yeah. to chew on in, in my opinion, in this world, like coming up in the, at the sheer level that you two are at, I don't think there's such a thing as too much information right. because the moment you think that there is too much information, something happens where you should have known this. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And yes. so that kind of sneaks up on you. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of info out there on like really advanced exercises um, for climbing that obviously would be super great if you could do them. So like, think like one arm pull up like that's great I'd, I'd like to do a one arm pull it's up it's a party trick <laughs> but but um there's so many things that would come into like building up that strength like if you go and just start working on your one arm pull ups you're going to end up with elbow tendonitis and shoulder problems yeah. if you don't have any background um in like training something like that so like building up those shoulder stabilizer and yeah. stuff yeah. then you can ramp up into those exercises that will be like super agree. applicable to climbing mm -hmm. yeah i would agree it's important well, ladies, I want to thank you for your time. Of course. And you girls are freaking fabulous and hilarious. <laughs> um, I, I am very, very, oh my gosh, this wind is squeaking. Whoa. I don't know what's squeaking. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Well, for those of you who are listening, it's obviously a massive windstorm here in Salt Lake, <laughs> which has apparently been the new norm. Um, but, um, I definitely want to thank you for your time. I definitely want to tell you that I look forward to following your careers. I look forward to seeing where you're going to go with this because I think you both are just straight killers in the game. <laughs> and you're fabulous. You. Um, if people want to follow you or get in touch with you or anything, uh, what is the best way to do that? Instagram. Yeah. Instagram Probably. for both of us, honestly. Uh, it's been the reoccurring Anna dash this whole cop week. i guess is mine and yeah and mine's taya t-h-e-a and then underscore climbs yeah pretty basic but yeah. um just send us a dm like i respond to everything i like yeah, to I do as help well. people out on the internet if you, you have, have any questions. questions yeah send us a dm 
We'd love to answer them. No creepy DMs, though. <laughs> yeah, please. no creepy ones. But Remember, if you want a genuine question, <laughs> we would love to answer it. To men and women, don't yeah. be yes. creepy. You, 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 you both anyone. can be creepy. Yeah, no yeah. creepiness in the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was amazing interviewing two athletes that I believe a lot of the kids that I coach are eventually going to aspire to be. And I want to rock climb like these ladies because they are straight bees. I mean, full bad bitch mode every day. Um, yeah, I'm getting a little carried away here. I just I'm kind of like moved because I'm thinking about the kids that I coach and it just gives my job a lot more sense of purpose. If you guys haven't already, please check us out on Patreon. We do have subscriptions as little as $5 all the way up to 15 I will admit there hasn't been a lot going on in the Patreon recently just because I've moved and there's been a lot of changes and we have not been mailing out stickers. But we are redesigning how we're doing that. We still do need support. And if you just want to support the show and make sure that it keeps coming towards you, then simply just go there. The link is in our Instagram and uh, the website, mariostanley.com, sensandsuffers.com. You can find it anywhere. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, follow, subscribe, share with your friends because all those things do matter. And it does help the podcast get out there. But most importantly, remember, if you're not suffering, are you really even sending at all? Thank you.